This podcast contains adult language. Starting now. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of All the World's a Cage, the podcast that delves deep into Nicolas Cage's underhanded filmography, one movie at a time. But this isn't just a podcast, folks. It's a con. Again, apparently. (laughs) It's an old-fashioned badger game. A real Baltimore stockbroker. It's a solid gold pig in a poke. It's a fake antivirus. I ran out of the fun ones. (laughs) I had to get to the real ones. And this job's got it all, baby. Unexpected wigs. Sam fucking Peckinpah. Guest costume designed by Tim Burton, I guess. And Charlie Sheen out of absolutely fucking nowhere. So, pull up a pool table and have sausage set it up. We watched the 1993 movie that exists, Deadfall. (laughs) So, I am your co-host, Josh. I'm your co-host, Jeff. And I'm your co-host, Sean. So, let's just start it off like normal. Had you guys seen this movie before? Sure fucking hadn't, boss. I've only seen snippets of it in, like, various Nick Cage freakout compilation videos. Yes. Yeah, same. So, I kind of didn't know about the second part of it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, I I didn't know. I mean, I I had definitely seen some of the freakouts in those videos, but I didn't, with lacking context, I didn't remember them, you know? It's like, everyone knows, they're like, oh, not the bees, whatever. That's Wicker Man. Right, right. I forgot about these ones, and so I forgot how just truly delightful his performance is here. Oh, he's incredible. And the context doesn't help. If anything, the context makes it worse. Yeah. Like, it makes it even crazier. It's side character, you know? Like, not... Yeah. Not really important to the plot. In fact, he... There's an attempt on his life just to get him out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) This is a weird one, because I think it's this one and probably inconceivable are the only two movies I can think of where he's not, like, the lead. Yeah. Right? At least that we've done. Well, this is, like, him as a villain, you know? Like, this is... Yeah. This is him well, coming out of, like, the gate as, like, the one obstacle it is to between uh, Johnny America to, like... <laughs> Sorry, Joe America. Joe America. Joe America. To, to fucking get to his uncle. Like, that is... That is a ridiculous. Like, yeah, he, he's a he, goon. Yeah, he he's like a lieutenant for the but bad like, guy in this movie. Like real loose cannon goon. Yeah, like, he, he, even though James Coburn doesn't even want to get him out of the way, like he he's just paranoid that he's being like cut out of the thing. Yeah, and okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna put a pin in that. One second. Sure. Because I want to come back to this. The first thing I want to do, though, is I want to give everybody out there the gist of this movie. If you haven't seen the movie before, here is essentially. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go ahead and cut. I'm going to go ahead and cut you off real quick. Yeah. Uh, You know, normally we kind of share our thoughts on the movie a little later on. But, oh, boy, if you haven't seen this one and you're (laughs) and you're a Nicolas Cage fan, 
You better, you better. I mean, it's a hard one to come by. I, I mean, you better find it. You better yeah. just fucking find it yeah. and listen to this later. Because truly, I mean, this is this is up there for me out of the ones we've watched so far. I did not expect it to be as insane as it is, and I did not expect it to be as insane as it is. Minor spoilers: after Nick Cage has left the movie, because after he leaves. I personally think it gets way crazier. So much crazier, which I absolutely yeah. thought would have been impossible. Yeah, but, I thought that he yeah. was, the craziness was going to leave with him. And I did not know that he was apparently like a stopgap keeping the craziness at bay. Because <laughs> once he's gone, it goes fucking berserk. It, uh, yes, that is, that is, uh, it happens in waves. Like, really. You know, like, <laughs> you just the crazy just keeps lapping on the shore and you're like your mind is just kind of getting washed out. You know, you keep I... expecting like, OK, so, OK, are we going to like summarize the movie real quick? And like, yes, yes. Uh, can so can either of you guys movie is this Michael just Bean... in like fucking three sentences. Just I know well, three just sentences. It. Yeah, I mean. Most of the IMD, uh, the Wikipedia okay, is pretty okay, much. Okay. Like, so <laughs> Michael like Bean, paragraph. Michael Bean plays a guy who is like a, a lifelong con man who usually does cons with his dad. Right. He was like raised with his dad, who was also a career con man. Uh, but then a con goes wrong and he accidentally kills his dad, shoots him with a gun that he thought had blanks, but it didn't. Yada, yada. Uh, his dad's dying wish is that he contacts his uncle. And through some sort of um, arcane notes that his dad has left, he figures out that like his uncle, who is estranged, stole some stuff from his dad. So he goes to wherever his uncle lives. I wasn't paying attention. And sort of asks, Farmer's Market, California. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Farmer's Market, California. He ingratiates himself with his uncle and uh, his uncle's sidekick, Nick Cage, which is a crazy sentence to say. <laughs> and then Jesus gets embroiled in some more cons there and like double crosses. Nick Cage dies uh, because his face gets shoved in a deep fryer. And then um, <laughs> just brush man, that off. I don't know. So anyway, they, then they meet. Then the Mark is introduced. There's about 20 minutes of the movie left at this point. And they introduce the Mark that is like, you know, the big con. Sorry, Sean. The high the, con. The, the, the <laughs> Sean insisted because they call it a high con. So we're going to stick with their. It's a high con. It's their the terminology. Hi, art of the high con. Come on. It's the lingo of the movie. Just just go with it. It sounds ridiculous. Oh, I'm in it. But I'm in it. The Mark, by the way, is goddamn tall man from Phantasm. It's the tall, it's the tall man. <laughs> with a robot. It's Angus what, What's he got on him? Angus Grimm. With a clockwork <laughs> robot arm. Scissors! It's, it's got, not even a hand! It's got, like, tubes, like, it's, mnemonic yeah. tubes. <laughs> it's... Okay. I was I was going to save this for later. This is a movie that is literally, like, bad casino for, like, an hour. And then a guy shows up who has an arm like the bad guy in a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah, I, I was like, he looks it, like I, somebody that Mega Man has to defeat to get cut-based powers. Yeah, for real. And we we even skipped over the Charlie Sheen of it all, which Charlie is, Sheen I, is in this movie. 
Uh, we also <laughs> never mentioned the love story that's really shoehorned in. Like, yeah, we've got. Well, it does not matter. It does not matter. It's. Does... I mean, it's a. It's a. It's a neo noir. It's got a dame. Yeah. And that, she is. Oh, she yeah. is. By the way, she plays like every kind of noir movie woman. Oh my god. In this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It, <sighs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter that it because it all comes down to like, oh, it turns out it was a double cross of the same con from the beginning of the movie yeah. but it was his dad who his was alive dad the whole was, time oh fuck his <laughs> dad the... was actually pulling the con on him in <laughs> order to yeah oh, sorry i forgot what we were doing the gist his dad pulls a con on him in order to get him to steal his uncle's diamonds because and i quote this is the only way it could work no yeah. it's not question i had some questions about that and then wouldn't it work every other way? Every and, single other way would work better than the then, then his dad is jokes. his dad is surprised that Michael Bean is angry. <laughs> like he's not he's not even surprised. He's like befuddled. Yeah. It's like he's oh, mad. Yeah. And so you're you're you tricked me to get in with my uncle just so I could trick him into the old dead possum or whatever but then also you have me uh, almost killed this is insane you tricked as well as like like you're my dad you tricked me into thinking that i killed you yeah on accident (laughs) i'm not mad con is to convince your son that he murdered his father and like use that guilt to get some diamonds, like but, yeah, uh, at, what is at happening? some point, at some point, his dad was like, "I know," or is it his uncle at this point? Oh it, God, I know a man with a robot hand <laughs> who's really horned up for diamonds. We've got to trick him. So let's like work backwards. All right, <laughs> let's let's start there. It, yeah, let's get this... a vixen. Let's find somebody to kill Eddie. Let's get some. Okay. <laughs> Which I, I, I oh, don't understand. Let's get my son to do it. All right. <laughs> this is so crazy. Like, I, I don't understand why the uncle is even trying to pull this con. Because he already has in hand, like, 30 diamonds that are, by their own assessment, worth $9 million. No. Okay, so. $9 million yeah. in diamonds. No, and no, 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 taste, no. by the way. That's not all. No, so they only have two. That's why they like practice. You grab this one and this one, oh, and okay. so the rest were fake. And so if he wanted to look at others, they would have uh, been caught. I see. I, but okay. it, that was movie, a, it's like, whatever. <laughs> I feel like everybody in this movie is just doing cons because they're like sociopaths, and it's the only way they can feel. Yeah, they, exactly. Because they did a con on the way to the office, or it's like it's a night out. Eddie's gonna show you around. Let me pick up my girl. Let's do yeah. a quick con. Let's do a quick to see how drop. good you are before before I uh, take you to a strip club and have you get meet baby. <laughs> like <laughs> that was this is baby. By the way, is a big like dude that's like not gonna take your shit if you no. ask him for money. But then it's like, hey, your debt's clear if you just like come outside and shake my hand and act all cool. And then we're we're cool, which All is right. like an old Good which deal. is like an old joke, by the way. But yeah, it's like oh my god. And they introduce the mark a half an hour before the movie ends, 
and the gatekeeper for the mark, whose name is Dr. Lime. <laughs> yeah. With a, a with a, a, a lackey named Sausage? <laughs> sausage. Yeah. Sausage. Uh, oh my Set God. it up. Um, Set it up. Yeah. It's just like three balls. They, <laughs> well, yeah, he's got. Okay. In, in, so in Dr. Lime's employ is Morgan Fats Grimm. Oh, Fats. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. That's Charlie Sheen's dude. Who is like a pool shark who's going to like. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, sorry, I, it's I, not pool. I looked it up. I, I, I have a question. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, cushion billiards. No, no, it's uh, bumper car- pool. Karam billiards. Come on, come on. I don't. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I, I just. It's, I have a question for you guys. If you walked into a pool bar and you put down any money, any amount of money on the table, and then that guy, Charlie Sheen, <laughs> in his fucking outfit, looked at you and said, "Is that a thousand dollars a game?" or a point, I would immediately just be like, fucking nope, it's not for nothing, I am gone. Like, he's not <laughs> he's not an effective pool shark because he just looks like a buck wild crazy, he's like he's like, let's make it 1,000? Let's make it 25,000. Like, no. <sighs> How about, yeah, he's like got a velvet like smoking jacket on with like leopard it's, print, and he's like I thought it was like alligators. Yeah, shit. and he's like, like he like he like walks up like with his own pool cue in like a case and is like, "How about twenty five thousand dollars? Here we can play on this table over here that has a dust cover on it. It's my favorite one." You'd be like, "No, I'm obviously little, not going to play pool with you. Private. I'm not going to play with you because you're obviously very good at this." Yeah, let's bet twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, you want to pick the table? Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, but I meant pool with pockets. That Josh, kind of pool. Can, can you do me a favor and just describe what's going on with Charlie Sheen's hand fashion choices? Uh, yeah, he's got a glove on with one super Does he have long... a whole glove? No, is he's missing... Is it a complete Is he it's, missing his yeah, pinky? That's a... yeah, yeah, but that's like a... Two, two fingers, I That's think. like a, a ring finger like a and dude that doesn't chalk his hands. Like, that's a thing. People is that like that. a Is that a pool glove? Yeah, that's like a fancy pool glove. Or Hold like, you know... Oh, that's disappointing to it's me. The opposite oh of my like god, it book. actually is. Yeah, no, wow. that's a thing. But it's coke, pe- coke nail. His yeah, but silver he does have coke nail. Huge acrylic nails. Yeah. On. Well, specifically one. It's for cocaine. Oh, cocaine. <laughs> I am, guys. I'm dead serious when I say that I have way more to say about the parts of this movie that don't have Nick Cage in them. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean. I, I want to talk about this movie. Okay, do you remember how, uh, what, our our Vampire's Kiss uh, episode was, what, like, two and a half hours long or something like that? I, yeah, oh, I yeah. Mean, that's a, that's a this, marathon episode. This this movie is honestly very close to that movie in terms of overall craziness. It's and insane. I know, I know that's and a buck less wild thing to say, cage. but... Yeah, there is, but it's so crazy. And oh boy, he really packs it in in his screen time. I I thought like when I this movie first started, I was like, for like literally the first half hour, I was like, okay, this is like a bad like crime movie. Got it. There's like the bad voiceover and like the uncle who's in crime and everybody. I I get it. Like it's like it's like a bad crime movie. I mean, it's got like Pierre Fonda in it. It's got like I get it. I'm I'm on board. I understand. And then. Nick Cage comes in and I was like, well, okay, so that's just a bad casting choice. 
but like still a pretty standard kind of crime movie. And then in the last half hour, I just kept saying, excuse me. <laughs> like every five minutes, I was like, uh, hold on. This movie has fallen completely apart. It's like it was written by two people who don't like each other. Yeah, and then one of them just, like, leaned out of the side of the car and shot one of the tires while it was, like, (laughs) over a bridge. It is absolutely insane. Um, You guys want to talk about the Nick Cage parts, I guess? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's wearing a prosthetic nose, a wig, a crazy, like, you know, mustache, and um, he's very tame. His mustache I, is pretty similar to your own, bud. He's got... Yeah. Um, I think yeah. he's doing something with his lips, too. I think he has, like, prosthetic <laughs> lips on. Or a chin or something. Oh, it's his nose. It's his nose, for is sure. That, he he literally looks like he's wearing a children's disguise that was created by children. I don't know. I think it's more, like, you know, pointed. And, like, maybe it's because I've been playing too much shark video games. But the... <laughs> He looks like a shark to me. Like he's he's like a pointy like you know, he gets off on like conning people. He's a shark, yeah. But not like a card shark or someone that's like particularly good at their job or like con. He's just a wild card like the whole time. But don't call not him even a hot good at head. whatever you do. Don't yeah. call him a hothead. That's bad. Although that that is how he dies, is having a very hot head. He's got a very hot head. I just yeah. yeah like I just got that okay um <laughs> sorry you know who you know what he looks like who is uh who is Andy Kaufman's other guy who is the character Andy Kaufman played oh you know who I'm talking the, about his, the his, shitty like lounge singer persona? yeah yeah Tony 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 Clifton he looks exactly like Tony Clifton yeah hmm? fuck well, Tony Clifton's got it so I mean he's trying to get it too and <laughs> That's just like his. I mean, he's wearing like a, a black and gold tuxedo half the movie. And but, I mean, the half he's in. And bizarrely, <laughs> he's wearing sunglasses for about three quarters of it, which is Absolutely. a weird choice in a movie to have a character have big old sunglasses on for most of their screen time. Probably, uh, yeah, cover cover up his eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so let let's also talk about his relationship with the Sarah Tricker character, Diane. Right. He, so when Good they, and healthy, yes. Yeah, when they meet him, uh, Uncle Lou is like, uh, Eddie's gonna take you out on the town, it's totally cool, this is my good, cool friend Eddie, who's like a normal guy, and I really like him. Yeah. So you, now, my nephew, will go hang out with him, and they go and pick up his, his girl, his lady, Sarah Trigger, Diane. Diane. Who, like, I don't know, man, seems like a somewhat normal, like, what is their relationship? Because later in the movie, when she ends up sleeping with Joe, she's like, I don't, I don't sleep with Eddie, just so you know. And he's like, oh, okay, good. What, really? (laughs) Because, yeah, she says that to him. She's like, she's like, I don't sleep with Eddie, just so you know. She has a line about that. And I'm just like, that changes so much context earlier in the movie when he's like got the flowers for her and he's like shyly kicking his feet and being awkward like i thought that was just him horsing around i like i didn't even catch that 
but like what what is going on maybe like, they're just like friends <laughs> that would be no, so he definitely he definitely has an infatuation with her yeah because he gets mad just... later when he thinks she's sleeping with uh lou well yeah he yeah he accuses her of sleeping with uncle lou and like but when he comes into her apartment she's like in like a slinky negligee and high heels laying on the bed like so they don't have a sexual relationship well meaning like they don't have actual intercourse but they like what just hang out together and she wears lingerie like maybe they just do like so weird maybe they just do a lot like a lot of hand stuff (laughs) Um, he, uh, you know what though? It was a con. Maybe she was just lying to, uh, Joe. Oh, shit. Okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a question I want to, I wanted that you guys brought up earlier that I want to come back to if that's okay. Sure. Uh, so there's a scene in the movie where a guy with a beard who has been in the background of like, (laughs) he's been in the background of a shot about every 20 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. Chomping on his good and mm-hmm. plenty. Good and plenty. Yeah. Ugh, it's the giveaway. Weird. It's the good and plenty giveaway. He tries to kill Nick Cage. Who was that guy? He is the he is one of the cops at the original uh Oh uh, the double okay. cross. Um yeah, he's there's uh one one of the cops just immediately like is like, Oh, we we showed them. Good job, guys. And then he just immediately pops some uh like a box of good and plenties into his mouth. And it's like, oh, oh shit. shit. So that well, guy. So if was oh, sent by man. his dad. Oh, my God. Why do I even watch these movies twice in 24 hours if I'm not going to pick up on shit like that? So if I'd have been <laughs> paying it better attention, that would have ruined the entire movie, right? Yeah, I guess. Well, it's one of those things I guess you would pick up on. the. You wouldn't really see it because you see it, but you don't really know what it is. And then it's like. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. On your first watch through, but I mean, he the you would have ruined the movie, but the whole time when Sean and I were watching, I kept saying it's like his dad somehow, but I don't know how he's alive. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. Sean was just like, it's his dad, right? Or maybe his dad is dead. (laughs) Their hair is different. There's okay. There's a photo of twins, so they're actual twins. It's got to be his dad. And then it was his dad, and Sean was just like, I knew it. And I was like, I was like you're so do... right, buddy. <laughs> but I was also, like, doubting myself the whole time. I was like, is it? Like, it can't be. Really? Wait a second. It's not his dad. It's hold not on, his dad. Jeff, hold on, hold on, hold on. We just watched Matchstick, man. Yeah, were, I know. Were you, were you like... not also on the lookout for a con this time? Like a Metacon? <laughs> well, I... Exactly, yeah, but, but it, the problem is in this movie, it was so bone crushingly obvious yeah. that I think it was like it like looped back around, it slung shot itself around the sun, and was like, <laughs> it can't, it be. can't be that. It, it moves, it moved so fast backwards, it turned time back. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy that like, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like so obvious that it makes you think it's a misdirection, and then it's just not. Which, yeah, which is in and of itself the misdirection. Yeah, well, it's, it's like a constant song and dance because you're like, it can't be this stupid, can it? And then you hear some of the dialogue and some of see the direction, and you're like, I don't know, I think it could be this stupid, actually. Maybe now I do. But then they introduce, like, <laughs> Dr. Claw, and you're like, well, shit, now I'm not what so sure. Fuck! I, I'm still, like... I'm I, I we just watched this like I just watched this movie so I'm like 
still reeling from that shit. I still cannot believe that there was a Dr. Claw in this fucking movie. There was like a rejected James Bond villain. He even I, had like the jumpsuit thing, yeah, like James that's Bond. That's the thing. It's like, like a James and Bond a woman, villain. like just some woman that's like holding yeah. up diamonds so he can see it because he's got one goofy arm that's and like, like <laughs> what? Like, and like rubbing his shoulders the whole time. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, if you're this dope and like secretive or whatever, why don't you have a cooler place? Like, it was just a dark <laughs> black room. And I'm like, what is, why is this CD like bar? Like, it's underneath a pool hall and you're like obsessed with diamonds, but you have a robot claw. I'm like, what is happening at that point? What could. What the fuck? <sighs> oh. I just. I, it, it just made me feel like this is like it's got to be, you know, David Lynch is like, you know, like not <laughs> involved. I mean, like he's put an effect on the people yeah. making this movie because it's so fucking bizarre. D- yeah, like, David you- Lynch like drove by the lot, and this is what happened. Everybody had nightmares <laughs> he- that night, and they made this movie the next day. Yeah, well, it's like it's like he was standing there, just like watching Chris Coppola work. And Chris kept like looking back over his shoulder a little timidly, like, like, like is this, this? cool? Like this? I, what if we put a snake skin jacket on Charlie Sheen? Or he, that, keeps, he keeps uh, seeing he keeps seeing flashbacks of his mother that he doesn't know. Uh, like, <laughs> oh it's yeah, like, it's like wait. So you only know this woman from this photograph, and you keep seeing her all over, all over, all over the place, and it's like he follows her to. But then it turns out that was actually the like femme fatale dressed up. Well, okay. So was he actually seeing her in the graveyard? At the yeah, okay. What the fuck was that? At the end of the movie, right? So Diane was a plant, right? Yes. His dad set Diane up for this con. Yes, she gets paid at the end. Right, right, right. But but hold on, no, no, no. What I'm saying is like. A few months before the the introductory con, he found a woman who looked like his wife, Michael Bain's mother, and hired her to go to where his uncle lives and start dating Nick Cage's character. But and then but then come back east to hang out in a graveyard for like a second. For just like a second. For no reason, by the way. For no he reason. Didn't, he didn't have to do that. In fact, that one little touch literally risks the entire con it could have blown it and also here's another question or, or statement i don't know something he like when he says that she looks like his mom he's like he's like gloating over it he's like nice little touch that it looked like your fucking dead mom right my <laughs> yeah. son that loved me at the start of this movie and also by the way don't shoot me. He's like, in this moment, he's like, oh, please, please don't shoot me. Anyway, you like how I got a lady that looked like your dead mom for <laughs> you to fuck? F- Wasn't that really twisted? Anyway, yeah. come on, just just don't shoot me. Like, what I love you. Fuck? He he turns around and literally he says I love you to him like a minute after being like, that was a really fucked up way that I like <laughs> Took tortured him. you, wasn't it? Mentally. For money that I probably don't need and could have gotten in a different way. And also, I'm trying to give to you because what? 
Like, he also I says, see, again... I, I could see this in the Asian extreme series of Bell Vengeance. Yeah, I could... This is a great oh, revenge movie. Oh, shit. So, okay. Yeah, this, this does feel kind of spiritually aligned with Old Boy, doesn't it? Yeah, it's basically... <laughs> it's, this, is, this is actually... People don't know this. This is the first American remake of Old Boy. <laughs> it did happen about eight years before the original movie came out, which was confusing at the time. But it makes more sense and, in retrospect. And it uh, with the it, it has in common with the American version is there's a briefcase full of diamonds for some reason. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> also, at the end of the movie, Michael Bean is furious at his father. He turns on <laughs> yeah. a he turns on a carousel, which, by the way, asterisk, we're going to come back to that. And he is angry at him and he shoots him with a blank, which scares his dad. And so his dad drops a bunch of the money on this carousel and then starts like kind of pathetically shoveling it back into the briefcase. And then Michael Bean just walks away. And that's like the end of it. You think he would have had at least another conversation with the lady that had double crossed him. (laughs) Yeah. Or like anything. He literally goes from like, like. taking a chance that he's going to shoot his dad because he doesn't know if the gun has blanks or not. Mm -hmm. So he might accidentally kill his dad. Well, uh, purposefully this time, I guess. And then his dad spills the money and starts picking it up and Michael Bean walks away and he gives like a smirk like these people and like walks out. And that's the end of the movie. And so if you were to end this movie, what is she? He just like goes like come back the next day. Uh, when the donut girl shows up and is like, hey, would you like to maybe get a cup of coffee? And then uh, they walk off into a, a still and then uh, credits roll. Yes. Plays a theme song dedicated to this movie. I, I don't I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know how I would fix this. This movie feels well, it, like it is. A, no, you go ahead, Jeff. It, it just wouldn't be like, OK, uh, Nothing that's going on in this movie makes any sense. And I'm not just talking about, like, a mechanical level, like the con, which is, like, woefully mismanaged. There's a crazy shootout that I guess was just part of the plan. They knew he would wander into this weird carousel and they would be there waiting for him. There's, like, so many... He follows his... his, He follows his mom. Well, okay. He follows... Yeah. Right. But the point I'm driving at is it's not even these many varied mechanical issues i just don't understand what i'm supposed to care about like one of my notes this is one note does joe like his uncle does he like his dad does he like crime does he hate crime i don't understand his relationship with it he like talks wistfully about it at the beginning of the movie is that in retrospect having experienced all of this does yeah. he love his dad or hate his dad? It's super yeah. unclear. He's like, at varying points, he's like, tries to shoot his dad. His dad is a crazy monster that's torturing him. Yeah. But at other points in the movie, he's like, oh, I love doing crimes with my dad. We, yeah. Oh, we've like been the good old days. as long as I can remember. It's, like, yeah, he's like, the, oh, just like, just like the good old days. But then other times he's like, crime. I, I guess you're, I was so like, caught up trying to like follow this movie on like any level that I didn't even think about things like character of motivation. Like I, I really feel like I didn't have any time to. Yeah, you don't. And I, I, 
that might have been a conscious choice. And honestly, if it was pretty slick, Christopher Coppola, well, good job. <laughs> pretty maybe, slick. Maybe he doesn't know either, because he worked with him as a partner, right? He's 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 had this business like relationship with his father, and for then, his whole life. And, yeah, and then he dies, and then gets like a note that says like, "Hey, man, I loved you. You're a good old boy." Like, uh, also. Uh, remember my dying notes of, that I told you, follow the cake or whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. And I think my brother took the cake, which in my mind was like, that's just crazy babble. A dying man would say like, I, I see. Yeah. I see my, my quick kid brother and he stole the cake and he blamed it on me. But I told my parents that, that my brother took the cake and <laughs> like, I would have just assumed, oh shit, he's just dying. Yeah. Like, I would be like, that's so sad. <laughs> It's a bummer Sucks. that he's no going go to get shock. the cake, get the cake for me, son. Get what cake? That's some, uh, I, that's like I would just that is some like con man nonsense where it's like, hey, words don't mean things because we gotta refer to money as bread, and cake <sighs> is I guess diamonds or it's, money it's that's like, four diamonds. It's Shit, all, it's I all don't cakes know. and vigs and thought, marks and like I thought apples were diamonds. I damn it, damn it. <laughs> yeah it I, gangster it, lingo it's so silly i just don't i mean i got a ghoul am i right <laughs> that's actually just capicola yeah yeah but it, it's silly it is it really both sillier yeah and is gabagool just though. capicola uh-huh. yes it yeah. is <laughs> really yes one thousand percent well i like gabagool i guess Oh, I can, uh, I can every, order that in places. Fuck yeah. Okay. I have another question. <laughs> oh, Why yeah. Do... Okay. Yeah, yeah, Capicola sure, sure. still works, dude. Josh, you can just say Capicola. Yeah, go, go ahead and walk into a fucking Jimmy John's and be like, <laughs> yeah, I'll have a number five with extra Gabagool. And then, and then fucking submerge your head under a faucet and drown yourself when you realize that everyone in there hates you. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That's fine. You're going to order Gabagool? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I, 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 I sandwich called Gabagool, or like just the Capicola sandwich. I That's put in, it. I put in my time there. I can piss them off. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I have another question. Why on earth would Joe agree to pull the exact same con that just killed his dad? Uh, oh, um, like because... when he's with his uncle, they do the exact same con that they did at the start of the movie that killed his father, and now he's gonna do it again with his uncle yeah and um his hesitation gets his yeah. uncle killed yeah <laughs> yeah and he like he knows it's gonna be by dr issue. claw he's like when they're sitting around the table he's got like a giant tumbler of whiskey in front of him which like unprofessional dude if you're gonna if you're going on a con like come on yeah but you, seriously you can't, like you can't, you can't be pounding the liquor before a fucking staged shootout no. Like also, I just here. Safety first. I have okay. Another question: Who the fuck were all those people? <laughs> like when they're setting up the con, there's like the round table shot, or there's just like three brand new characters that have they been in the movie before? There's like Patsy and two yeah. other dudes who also yeah. like have yeah. Lines. Totally. They work in the they work in the market. Yeah, they work in the market. The one criminal of, one market. Of them's the pizza man. And he's oh, in love with the donut girl. Right. Well, and wouldn't any of these people have been a much, much better t- person to bring in Dr. Lime than fucking Eddie? 
Like, yeah. why does Eddie work for Lou? Lou is a man whose sensibilities seem deeply rooted in, like, deli meatloaf and, like, the Lawrence <laughs> Welk show. And he's got fucking this crazy loose cannon working for him. It just doesn't make any fucking sense the to me. The Lawrence Welk show? I just, like, when in the no, scene yeah, when he's yeah, talking yeah. with his wife and he's like, I met her at a diner. She made the best damn cup of coffee I've ever had. I'm just like, who are you? Yeah, his uncle like, seems like a very, like an extremely pragmatic person. Yeah. And yes, he, his, you know, his right-hand man is a lunatic. Yeah, and and his, he's at his birthday party and it's just like, all right, it's just me, my nephew, my wife, who made me this wonderful giant ham. Yeah, and she even made me a birthday cake cake that seems to be left out for a little while. (laughs) It's a birthday cake, a little mushy, which I don't want. And by the way, did you guys also get a little uncomfortable during the scene when she was like, come on, blow the candles out? And he was like, I don't like this. I don't like birthday cakes or I don't like birthdays or whatever. And it goes on for like, I get it. It goes on for like a beat (laughs) or two too long where I was like, oh, no, is he going to like freak out on her or something? I kind of started getting that vibe from that scene a little bit. I was like, "Uh, this yeah. is kind of going on a little." It never, bit it never really happened though. But I, I know what you mean. Like, I, yeah. I kind of got that vibe too, and I thought like maybe this is gonna show that like, you know, he's kind of like Eddie too. You know? Yeah. But nope. Nope. He's just like, ah, I love it. Best damn coffee, you know, whatever. Like, right, and I think that I think that goes to show like the how significant something like editing and um like the direction can really be, because like that scene can go from lighthearted to like really tense, and it literally only takes a couple of seconds of like lingering on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of like the lingering on uh, uh, Nick Cage's hand. After the, like the first time they introduce Eddie into the, like uncle, uh, he introduces himself to like uncle, like oh my god, it zooms in on Nick Cage's hand and it just plays this ominous like stabbing music and like mm-hmm. you know like out of a Hitchcock or something. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, when he's like sm- he's like gripping the yeah. after he takes a bunch of pills and then really. like jiggles his face a bit. You know, yeah. That, yeah. that was some good times. Ah oh, man. Whew. That was like where it became where I was like, is this going to be like a horror film? Or no, it's like uh, still supposed to be somewhat of a uh, a mystery. There are times when this movie kind thriller? of does feel like it's trying to be like like a horror movie, like the shot when Nick Cage gets deep fried and then all the stuff with Dr. Claw. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this movie wants to be like Chinatown and Casino and James Bond and Friday the 13th and the big heat. It wants to be like all of those at the same yeah. time. And, and you're right. And they like nailed it. Jade or and they, like cruel <laughs> intentions. Yes. Or yeah. There's also a protracted sex scene in this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it, but yet again, that's where I'm like thinking, you know, kind of like Lynchy, you know, like a little, uh, yeah. Like and a, like, 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 it, it goes, scenes, and like scenes go on a little too long, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But there's also another thing is like the constant use of like black screen, like the background just fades away and it's super dark. And it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't know quite what that is, but it is. It's like a noir. So weird. Noir yeah. movie. Like the shot at the end where um, Diane is standing under 
like one street light and like the entire rest of the shot is all yeah. all pitch black. I was like, okay, so that's like a noir movie. But also you just had like Dr. Claw, so you can't have both. Yeah, you boy, you really can't, can you? Unless it was the the grift of Dr. Claw. I mean, colon uh deadfall um <laughs> or something. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I, I had a question for you guys, Josh. You know about every con ever because you wrote these yes. two intros back yeah. to back. Is is Deadfall a con? Not well, that I'm aware trip. of. Not that I saw on the Wikipedia article. No, Deadfall <laughs> is like a tricks. is like a booby trap. Right, it's a type trap. of booby trap. What? It's yeah. not a con. Is that is that the booby trap where it's like a it's literally like a stick at holding a rock up, like that? Um. What is that track? Isn't that what that is? technology. I think so. Or either yeah, that or it's, it's literally uh, just like a stick holding a rock up. So, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. That you know is, when it's uh, when there's a, a a door that has like uh, I don't know something heavy above it, and then you open the door and it falls. That's the... right. But like, I'm trying to think what's yeah. this uh, can like what's the significance of that? What's the connection? Well, he sets him up with some sort of horrible trauma-inducing fake-out. And that's the, that's the stick? And that's the setup. That's the setup. And then he gets him to, like, avenge his death through guilt. Right. And then through that, coaxing along the way by uh, easing his way into the crime-ending crime, uh, the plot. Yeah. Yeah. This this three this two <laughs> by person, taking out two Nick person Cage crime then, organization. Yeah. And then having his girlfriend also, I guess, be like, yeah, just do what Uncle Eddie says or whatever. I don't I don't really understand her, other than she dresses up like his mom, Uncle Lou. Which is but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which again, just seemingly just to torture Joe. Yeah. That's like it doesn't and seem like necessary. He yeah, compared to like. You gotta bring in like he, he like sends him, getting him to do the, the con, it, uh, like it well, seems. He, and can you... he he withholds information because at the end of the movie doesn't he have a line about he's like, you know Uncle Lou like he didn't your mom didn't die in childbirth or die when you were a kid or whatever she he killed her he Uncle Uncle Lou killed your mom because he was jealous of me and I'm just like so. Instead of telling him that and giving him a reason to hate Lou and a reason to go down here and yeah. do this con on him, instead he's just like, go meet your long-lost uncle, a seemingly very sweet man, develop a relationship with him, like, think that he's going to be your new family because you killed me. It's all, every choice that the dad makes it's... just makes it cataclysmically worse for his it's son's mental health. Fucking like, insane. Or even oh, like, he would go like, along with it. Can you imagine the dad? Like, think about this. This happened in the universe of this movie. The dad had to explain to his fellow con artists, so we need a woman to kind of, like, draw <laughs> Joe in, right? I met this woman. She's perfect. She looks just like his dead mom. <laughs> okay, imagine the other con guys whose whose picture he carries around in a heart locket yeah like yeah, oh don't worry, like, like how does he know what she looked like oh don't worry i gave her a bunch of pictures and told her told him about her a lot so like he knows 
So when he meets yeah. this woman, it's he's going to be reminded of his mother. So she's perfect. And they were like, how are they not all like, hey, are you OK? Like, what the fuck, yeah. man? Hey, hey, Mike, are you cool? Well, I, I'm listening to your plan and it kind of sounds like you want to torture your son and lifelong business partner like, that you love. Can it just be like a pretty woman? Like, it's such a weird thing. And it's tossed out so casually in this movie. It's so fucking bizarre. I mean, just like everything in this movie, though, it just sort of like pops up and you barely have time to recognize that it's happened to you. And then it's just gone. And then you're like, oh, shit, Charlie Sheen's in this. Okay. (laughs) It's like, all right, let me push all my reservations to the side because suddenly I'm (laughs) I'm right back in it. Suddenly I'm doing this. You, you just keep, like I said, it comes at you in waves. This is, yeah, like, you think waves. you think it's crazy, and then it just, you just keep getting a little bit more. <laughs> just a little bit more. And, and then eventually you're like, oh my god, it can't go any crazier. Oh, it does! And then does. the end is actually kind of not much of a payout, because it's like, no. it's gotten so crazy, you expect it to just, like, I don't know. I don't know what ending would have made me happy. I have no maybe idea. Maybe if he, like, just killed his dad. Or maybe if, like... <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate because that's not what you get. I have an idea. It's like... Like, okay, if I was going to try and fix this, here's what I would say. Number one, don't kill Nick Cage. At least not there. Like, why spend an hour of this movie introducing Maybe him? he's not dead. Yeah, he is. Maybe he's not totally dead yet. Oh, if anybody well, in this movie did. is actually dead, yeah, it's him. Like they show his face. Well, they show his face, and then they also show him like tied up and throw him in a ditch. Like it's, yeah, like he's that dude yeah. is like. There's no <laughs> no con there. He, that guy's stone cold. I was thinking maybe dead. maybe. But I'm just saying, why? The worst like, part is the deep fried Nick Cage isn't even gonna taste that good. Because mm-hmm. did you see that oil? It was filthy. It was very. It really <laughs> needed to drain that. You're tasting all the other chicken nuggets and uh, yeah. coppolas before. I bet. It, <laughs> I bet they had like Nick Cage in it. I bet they had like like good clear oil, and they were like, "That's not what oil's supposed to look like." And the props department was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'll put some food coloring in there." Um, but like, or they're whatever or yeah. we'll just make a bunch of chicken strips for everybody and then it will look normal but anyway um <laughs> like they literally spend an hour of this movie setting nick cage up they introduce his character well not an hour but like i don't know probably 45 minutes so they like introduce him you get to know him you meet get learn his mannerisms his connections yeah. with all these different characters and it's like okay that's super useful because now you have this like loose cannon who's losing his mind and is paranoid and obviously prone to like murder and violence. Why not like, I don't know, use him in the climax of the movie. But instead they just kill him, wipe the slate completely clean. And then a half an hour before the end, now they have to introduce a bunch of new characters. Like, I just don't like, did Nick Cage have to go? Yeah, which they don't even utilize all of the... Like, Charlie Sheen's character just disappears yeah. immediately after. It's like, why... What was the point of that other than... I mean, it, it, it's just good. It's I awesome. Mean, but why spend, ten, and, why spend 10 minutes on his character, too? You got a half an hour left. Why are you spending 10 minutes on this guy? Okay, I also... I have a question about... Charlie Sheen, you 
go to a pool hall, right? Because you want to meet Dr. Claw eventually. Yes. So you go to a pool hall you think he's at, maybe? I don't know. Maybe it's a known whereabouts. But you pick a, a, a gambling, like you take a bet that's extremely like high for money you don't have yes. to get introduced to the big man? Yeah. Is that the... They could have just beat the shit out of you and been like, oh, "All right, we'll, <laughs> we'll see you Friday." Exactly. Like, like why would they? T- why would they introduce you to the like the the robot hand? And I, like, why not well, just yeah, go to the like pool they, hall? Like, why does that have to be a con? Why not just go and be like, "Hi, I heard there's a guy here who knows shit about diamonds." Yeah. Would you like to make two million dollars? Would you like to tell me that you've been seduced by me? I'd really prefer if you didn't, but oh, you're doing it. <laughs> you know, he he literally when he gets I heard introduced Dr. to Doctor Claw, it's because he's like used this diamond encrusted gaudy watch to like pay off his debt, and it's like Doctor Claw just wants to like talk to him about it or something. He's like, "That's a cool watch you've got." Yeah, but my dad. Hey, you like diamond? I like diamonds. I like diamonds too. <laughs> I like diamonds too, dude. Like, because they even there's even like another thing going on where there's like some mutual contact that they know. So yeah, some other guy. And it's like, no, he's been dead. Oh, Doctor Claw, he's been dead for a year. Like, oh, you're trying to trick me and see if I actually know this guy. It's like if you know all about this guy, you know about his secret pool hall hideout. You know the names and death dates of his accomplices. Yeah. That should be plenty of information to just be like, yeah. hey, so-and-so... Because he ends up telling him, like, hey, so-and-so said if I ever needed to move hot diamonds, you were the guy. It's like, why didn't you just fucking lead with that? You had to, yeah. like, put yourself $25,000 in debt to, but like... if he didn't do that, what would Charlie Sheen do? I mean, yeah, yeah I, I kind of feel like they only had Charlie Sheen for a day. <laughs> he just yeah. showed up wearing that uh, wardrobe. Because, like, Charlie like, right. Sheen was not nobody when this movie came out. Like, hold on a second. This was 1993. So, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, at this point, he'd been in, like, let me see, Wall Street, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Platoon, uh, Navy SEALs, hmm. Men at Work, Hot Shots. <laughs> nice. Uh, like, I, I mean, Hot, hot shots. shots Part Two. The, the fact yeah. that this movie is in 1993 is so upsetting to me. Like, this movie came out only one year before, like, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> like, this movie came out, like, th- three years before, like, Con Air and Face Off did. Like, yeah. it's so, it's too, like, if this movie had been, like, 1988 or 89, I would have been like, that makes sense. Exactly, yeah. the... The 1993 of it, it just, it just irks me. Like, Something I, about hold it. Hold on. What were the, oh, hold on, give me one second. What were the biggest movies? Okay, 1993 had, like, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's kind of important, because this movie feels so 1986. Yeah. Which is not a big yeah. gap, seven years, but it's a massive gap. It's a massive gap. It's a huge fucking gap. This movie had a ten million dollar budget too. It's not like it's not like this was some weird indie. Like, yeah, this. I mean, I know that obviously there's movies with bigger budgets than that, but it's like ten million dollars. There, they hadn't like no special effects were really needed. There's well, no there was uh, there was oil face. Uh, there was also um, <laughs> they had like uh, I guess a, so- a sound stage for that uh, 
farmer's market. I don't know. Maybe they built like a real farmer's market for it. At, at least they got to use that again because, by they the way, a couple times. Uncle Lou's cool plan when he like ha- it intends to have like a shootout, like go down as part of his like <laughs> heist con thing. He fucking does it in the business that he owns. <laughs> That's the meeting point he picked. Yeah. Also, I love that like his uncle. <laughs> They had to make him a Texan for some reason. And he doesn't even, like, do a Texas accent. He just wears a big hat and a belt buckle. Yeah, it's uh, like a... It's classic like, it's con, like man. Chevy Chase in Community or, or Mac, and it's always sunny, where he's just like, I think I'm going to play a character. And they're, and they're like, you don't, why? Nobody knows who you are. Doesn't, you don't need to do this. Also, like, hold on. If they're both, like, criminals in this town, like, Dr. Lime would know who he is, right? Yeah, he's like, oh, you, oh, want you me mean to that shady guy that cons all the yeah. small bars and all and all town. of his goons? Really? <laughs> also, I I want to oh. point this out. This is a weird. Oh, you, that guy that uh, no baby owes money to. Oh, that yeah. guy. <laughs> I gotta point this out because this is a weird nitpick. But Doctor Lime had the weakest looking goons I have ever seen in a movie. I know. I, okay. I in, my notes, so in my hard. notes, I wrote one of one of my notes is uh, Billy Joe Armstrong really chomped this guy's <laughs> style for the basket case music video because <laughs> he's like got a guy liner on and he's just like look when they're in the limo he's like looking around all crazy like I I know diamonds. he's like he, yeah he's like I'm making a choice yeah it's, i'm a menace i decided my I character does this all the time guild. Yes. i mean it's it's just like it it was so goony because like you're you have like big bad dr lime sitting there with a robot hand you think the robot hand's the the show, right? Everybody's gonna be looking at the yeah. robot head. No, I'm gonna be on the side of him, being like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> I'm gonna get you." Like it he was so like, silly. Yeah, he looks like a possessed doll, and like just a black tank top. And I can't, you know, dig that too hard because like, I like wearing a black tank top. But wow, not not working it. And I'm I'm not <laughs> gonna. Okay, I'm I'm not one to body shame or anything like that. And like. I'm not like a super jacked dude myself, but like both of those goons were just like, they just, I did not buy them as intimidating people. And I feel like when also when you cast Angus Scrim, who I feel like is probably like that dude's like six and a half feet tall in real life. Um, mm-hmm. You got to hire. Yeah, like, and he's just sitting down the whole time. You cannot, you got to hire like bigger people than that to be his bodyguards. Cause otherwise they just look like, his like nephews or something. It's weird. I mean, none they of the, get none of the credits. In, like <laughs> none of, none of the people in this movie besides the baby look even remotely physically intimidating. Like uh, Uncle Lou's goons are like a wingtip shoe wearing <laughs> Nicolas Cage and like fucking the pizza guy who just by the way just looks like a normal pizza guy. Yeah. He's like. With, it's not yeah. like he's got he's not like he's got good biceps he just looks like a guy who makes pizza and then yeah, oh and not, let's not yeah well jeff you can't forget I about you can't forget about patsy one of his intimidating goons patsy who yeah. I, I was like that's the name of a goon right that's a classic goon name it's literally the name of a person who gets like conned 
I yeah. I also put in my notes, am I supposed to know who Pansy is? It doesn't matter. He's going to die. <laughs> yeah. It's literally as soon as he was like, hey, you know, I got a crush on that uh, bakery girl. I was like, you're going to die. And within the next Aww. five minutes. No, why did you why did you gain a character trait right. with only ten minutes of runtime left? That's that's a death sentence. Oh, Patsy. Like, you just Patsy. you you were just walking off oh, to this uh, you know s- criminal like swap meet, and you were like, yeah, I'll just put this uh, I'll just put this red shirt on. So was <laughs> Uncle Lou Uncle Lou's real con just like he conned a bunch of just dudes, just a bunch of dudes to be like. Hey, all you have to do, come down here, hold a gun, mm-hmm. look scary. Look scary. I mean, I'll pay pay a triple overtime. No worries. No, they're all full of blanks. If the cops come, you should probably run. But don't worry, they won't come. Don't worry, it's they okay. won't. And when people like, start shooting, some of the bullets won't be real. Some will be, but don't worry about that. Like, don't why, worry. Why do that. why do so why do these cons include a planned segment? where a bunch of people are shooting real guns at each other. Like, that seems I like know. a very... so crazy. A very poorly planned out con. Mm-hmm. I know, and it's like, it's... It's a... It's a... What? A high con, because it's like... The dad <laughs> set it all up from the beginning, and I'm like, dude, there are a trillion... Literal did. trillion variables here that you had n- zero control None. over. The only... I think what the... The only influence the he had was picking a guy, picking a girlfriend for his son who looked like his mom, and sending beard yeah, and guy then, to attempt to kill Nick Cage. I assume to get him out of the way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like throwing a lawn dart like off towards the horizon, and then just turning around and holding up like a board, and you think the lawn dart is just gonna circle back around the planet. But it does. <laughs> um, and it's like throwing a lawn dart like... out, and then you go out to the yard and you draw a target around where it landed. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. But he I'm got like... a pile of cash, it's fine. I mean, it just... He, he couldn't have like known that he was going to like set up this diamond heist thing. Or, like, you know, exchange, like, yeah. other than knowing, well, my brother, he is my twin brother, and if I know my brother, that's all, the only con he does. He does that con, he runs some numbers, and like that's about it. No, okay. Like, what? No, you're totally right. How would he know? Okay, I want these diamonds back. So, all right, boys, here's the plan. Here's the vig. I think I'm using that correctly. Um, I'm going to convince my son that I died and that he did it. And I'm going to tell him to go to my uncle who I think has some diamonds that he stole from me. Now, if I know my uncle or his uncle, he's going to rope my son into another con that involves these diamonds that will take place at this certain location. I know where it's going to be and it's going to be at this certain time and it's going to involve the exact same like shootout style ending as my con did so we'll be able to sneak in and get the diamonds and the money and everything from everybody like and my and my don't son get shot. will be so tortured and like how do they know we'll that great. also i have another question isn't dr lime just gonna fucking kill everybody yeah that he literally says that kill everybody he's still alive because he doesn't give a shit he doesn't give a shit he's like fucking kill everybody he, i don't give a fuck he just got defrauded he he got all his money stolen. He assumes, 
All right. One would assume he would figure out Joe was involved somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. Although, I don't know. Dr. Lime seems like kind of a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Dr. Lime, it's like if he finds out, like, I mean, if he didn't have that crippling, like, diamond fetish, like, I think he would be a pretty good villain. Uh, But he's too busy in his, like, lair to be like, just like you know, his his layer's not underneath a jewelry store or something. It's like a fucking pool hall, whatever. Yeah, it's literally like this the side room of a pool hall. Either way, he's he's just like too busy, like looking at diamonds and like thinking about them to like worry about, like, hey, so there's this fucking dude in town that's like totally robbed me, <laughs> and I've seen him all over. He runs the fucking farmers market. Jesus yeah. Christ. He, like, run, he runs the farmer's market where I buy my oranges. And gamble. And yeah, gamble, apparently. Gamble on $20 pretzels. It's like, I... I, I want a lucky pretzel. I do have one more question that I want to ask before we move on, which is mm-hmm. just because I asterisked, asterisked it earlier. Why mm-hmm. did he start the carousel? Uh, they had a carousel and they needed to use it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely true. <laughs> Uh, why? That's probably about as good as it's going to get, huh? I don't know. I mean, everybody had left at that point, which seemed, you know, they got paid and they're like, mm-hmm. all right, fucking off now. And then um, he turns it on and is like, fuck you, dad. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really feel like it was just like they maybe they tried this final scene without the carousel being on and they were just like, oh, the shit, this isn't anything. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> this oh, the whole movie has been just pyrotechnics up to this point, and none of the like Waylon kiss guitar <laughs> solos that like you know are there's no meat on these bones. So maybe if we just like make something spin around and be lit up and have music, that'll be better. Yeah, I, I mean, I felt like it was just confusing. Like it just made that whole scene like harder to follow. Which is weird because mm-hmm. it's like such a pivotal, crucial part of that, of the movie. It was weird that they were just like, like, let's add a bunch of noise and sound over this to make it yeah. extra bad. They're still trying to distract you at the exact moment when they should be putting together all the final pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, it's like if at the end of like Ocean's Eleven where they're explaining what happened, there was also just like a foghorn <laughs> going and they were like having to yell over it. It's weird. Okay. Anyway, so let's. Um, oh well. No. Yeah. I have yeah. one more. Uh, just a little bit. It was. Um, it was one of my notes in the uh, where at the very beginning is silly voiceover, which is throughout a lot of the movie. But in the first, like he's driving the first mark up to the like you know, <laughs> just the old warehouse the warehouse where the deal's going to happen and it sounds like the uh like i don't know microphones in the ashtray or something <laughs> and everything's like crumbly and you hear all like a guy like coughing and like adjusting his like weird phlegmy nose and like chomping on a cigar and then like there's like no music and then later on when he's in the in the like uh, market for the first time, and he's like following the guy, like passing, I guess, bookie notes, whatnot. It, it's like the silliest, like kind of flute that's just like boop, 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 the music boop, in this movie boop, was bananas. Boop, boop. And then, 
and then half the time there is no music. It's just empty, like just, just like ashtray speakers again, and it just sucks. Like, yeah. I don't understand what was happening. It was so jarring. Some scenes had music, others had none, and then others had like goofy sound effects. It was weird. Yeah, the the sound design on this movie was like close to, like, a talking cat or, like, love on a leash levels of crazy. Like, it's so out of sync. I just thought it was, uh, it, maybe you guys caught that too. Like, it was very jarring to me. I normally don't often notice that in the movies that we watch. I'm normally, like, either, oh, that was cool for the music, or, like, I just don't notice it, really. Which I think is like usually pretty good. It's usually the mark of a good score is like mm. when it kind of goes beneath the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. The score in this movie was very bad, and I was very aware of it every time that it popped up. Yeah, it was. It had like whimsical flutes in some parts, like like a Disney yes. thing or yeah. like a, a comedy kind of thing. It skipped genres because like okay, so when they did actually use. Uh, I made some notes of actual scenes with uh, music. And <laughs> the first one was, like, where I started, like, realizing it was it was in the, um, the, the car where they were talking. Like, there was no music at all. And, like, dude, it just a lot of mouth sounds. And I'm, I'm sorry, you're, you're probably familiar with that as yeah. fans <laughs> of this show. Uh, <laughs> we get most um, of them, I think. <laughs> Let <laughs> me try and cut I, I, those. I'm just saying that it, shit happens. Uh, yeah, no, and I noticed that too during but, the kissing scene. I was like, "That's a loud." Yeah, kiss. it was like oh, the boy. Uh, the market scene was like, yeah, your comical flutes, and then he gets introduced to Uncle Eddie, and then uh, no no music during that scene, but then when 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 huh. Eddie fucking starts doing like I don't know taking pills or whatnot. And then sees, like, his, like, the nephew getting buddy with the uncle. He starts gripping the couch. And then it's, like, this sinister, like, fucking just, like, I'm going to stab you horror music. And it was so jarring. Yeah. Again, the movie is totally all over the place. Oh, actually, I have, I sorry, I actually have one more question. This is a question that I was asking myself during this movie. Do you guys think that the voiceover was planned in advance or do you think that it was added in post because the movie was too confusing for people like Blade Runner style? Uh, I don't know. It did remind me a lot of the Blade Runner voiceover. Right. I got that vibe. But I also was like, maybe they're going for like a yeah. casino. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because it, it the problem is that all of the voiceover stuff is just like Michael Bean, like talking about the nature of crime and nice most people don't notice the strings that are pulling them through life and stuff and it's like it's nothing concrete it only further occludes the purpose of the movie so i don't know if they added it in post i mean boy they really just like took a took a leap on that one i mean i don't know it was a weird choice i'm but i think i think there were one or two times where he was like laying out Mm. what was happening yeah but like I think a few when he talked about like his yeah. relationship with his dad, which I think I, that makes me think maybe it was added in post because they were like, we showed this movie to some people 
And when his dad shows up again at the end, they're like, who is that? Yeah, yeah and, and why is he torturing his son? So yeah, exactly. they explain that it's the dad and then also get to add in the lines where he's like, Pop and I loved each other so much, we just loved running scams. Yeah, it just, it's... Exactly. He seems so cool about it, and I get it. Like, you're trying to make your, I guess, main character seem, you know, pretty together but it's like after he, he's like broken from thinking he killed his father his the 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 narration doesn't really reflect that like his he still comes off as kind of like well guess i'm going to california i ain't got time for the seeing the sights yeah. but uh you know the market was humming and like the beach was good or whatever and i was like I, it just doesn't really sound like someone that's like doing this out of i don't know um guilt or yeah. whatever it did, it's like it he's did, just definitely like, did not read as grief yeah no like, no grief yeah. there no no it just it seemed weird and then that that also changes the tonal uh feeling of the whole movie uh it kind of it was very confusing on my part yeah but i i enjoyed the uh i guess i enjoyed the voiceover because i it was didn't sound pretty good but it at least kept you in the know of what was kind of happening <sighs> i don't know yeah i mean like i feel like i i was trying to i was trying to imagine the movie without the voiceover whenever this kind of thing happens i always imagine like what if this wasn't here would i still understand what was happening is this this got to be here and like i feel like the answer is yeah. Like, I feel like I could still pretty much understand what was going on. But I don't know. I feel like most of this movie is not that complicated. But except for a few parts that just absolutely make no fucking sense. And that the movie kind of expects you to, like, accept them. Sorry, what what um, scenes are you talking about? Which ones don't make sense? I don't like the last 40 minutes of it. Sure. Or, like, okay. the first 40 minutes of it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Well, do you guys have anything else you want to say, or would you like to move on to some of our fun segments? I'm, I'm ready for uh, segments, I'm, Phil. I mean, we've uh, we've picked these bones, I guess. I, <laughs> I think so. So I can't remember which one we do first, but I think I would like to go into the recast now. Sure. Okay. So, all right. It's now time that we come to the hardest question of all questions. If you had to recast the Nick Cage role in this movie with any actor or actress, alive or dead, from any period in their career... Who would it be and why? I have my answer. Would you guys like to go first? Uh, I also have an answer ready yeah. to go. All right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, of course I have an answer, but. All right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. We have, we have to let Sean go last. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go <laughs> oh, first. Right. Of course, <laughs> last. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go Literally. first. I'll go first. Okay. Mine is Fred Armisen. Like 90, okay. 93 Fred okay. Armisen. Like interesting. Present day Fred Armisen. Huh. All right. I break break it down, baby. Think that a lot of the choices that Nick Cage makes in this movie are really crazy. Uh yeah. in oh yeah. In a way uh-huh. that reminded me of like Fred Armisen's chameleonic performances on Portlandia. The way he just like. <laughs> 
<laughs> slips into the like greasy, oily skin of like so many different weirdos on that show. I I just I don't know, man. It just popped. It just came to me. I was like, Fred's the man. Fred's the fucking creep. Fred, Fred's, Fred's the, fucking, Fred's the yeah. creep for this one. Yeah, he he absolutely can be if he needs to be. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, imagine I imagine him in the scene where he, like, confronts Sarah Trigger, like, after he's just, the attempt on his life has been made. Like, I mean, I just think he could knock it out of the park. Yeah, I think what's interesting about it is, as I picture it in my head, I think that, like, Fred Armisen would make it a much scarier character. Yeah. Like, I, it's weird, because he's a comedy guy, but I feel like if he were to portray the character of Eddie it would not be a funny character anymore. It would be like a serious, frightening character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay, I uh, have mine. Uh, it's Danny DeVito. Okay. Oh, I like that answer very much oh, as well. Thank you. We would have to recast Diane as Rhea Perlman, his wife. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay. Which obviously throws a wrinkle into some other stuff so we probably also have to age up michael bean probably have to age everybody up yeah i don't but know still maybe. i mean i guess we could do this movie's already so old. you know what <laughs> i'm thinking modern day devito and perlman let's just use 93 they were fine back then mm-hmm. what was that probably around like twins yeah mm-hmm. well i i don't know i mean i feel like the sort of femme fatale archetype the the like smoldering sexual film noir energy kind of like has an older woman vibe to it sometimes i i think i think that could work yeah. just totally yeah. fine oh man we didn't even talk about her god damn it this fucking movie we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sandwich that between the next segment. I have some things to say about Diane. Okay. Uh, Sean. <laughs> yeah, we hardly talked about the femme fatale of it all. Oh. Um. Well, I guess like I think you couldn't really. You shouldn't. You shouldn't recast mm-hmm. someone as Eddie because I mean, who embodies that villain more than uh, Nicolas Cage? But I would mm-hmm. recast someone with almost an identical beard. Um, it's just in this <laughs> instance, it wouldn't be fake, and, and that would be the Good and Plenty's uh, villain. Uh, uh, I guess Henry is it Henry the cop uh, who turns into the the loner watching um, our our main character on the bus, chomping on them Good and Plenty's. I would replace him with a good old fashioned Kurt Russell. All right, so okay, fake beard mint man would turn into. Oh, real the beard beard, beard would man. still be the fake, but it would look the same. Okay, and Kurt Russell. All right, kind of a left field uh, answer there. Well, huh. I mean, uh, you can't, you can't. This Eddie is Eddie King is owned by nick cage you can't you can't recast that yeah it, it is it is a quintessentially yeah what normally we yeah we do kind of mention that it's like this is one of the quintessential nicholas cage roles also as a, yeah. as a quick kurt russell aside sean and i recently watched the movie miracle mm. and i kept wanting so badly nicholas cage <laughs> Yeah. To have had the role uh, would, uh, in that movie. Would uh, recast Nick Cage's... Uh, Which one's Miracle? Or, is that the hockey one? That's the yeah. hockey one, yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell replay, replaced with uh, Nick Cage. 
Yeah, I want to see it, Disney. Absolutely. I want to see it, Disney. Oh, it'd be so good, dude. Absolutely. No, That's this the, is my um, team. And I, I know I want those boys from Boston and Minnesota <laughs> to be working together out on the ice there. Oh, oh my God. It'd be great. I can hear it. I can hear it. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, eh, fuck it. We, you're right, Sean. We did already talk about uh, Diane. Uh, the we didn't. No. I mean, kind of do you want to? Okay. Well, all right. What Basically, what I was going to say is that, like, there's one scene early on where I immediately knew that she was in on the con, which is when she first tries to, like, seduce uh, Joe. And it's because in the first introduction with her, she is, like, a classic noir type woman. The woman who's, like, the she's the bad guy's dame. And she's just, like, jaded and cynical and, like, doesn't care. You know, she's, like, hardened to the world. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then there's another one like when she first confronts Joe like alone to seduce him and now she's changed and now she's another noir archetype where she's like the femme fatale she's like super seductive and um, then when that doesn't work then she switches to like the like wide-eyed innocent noir woman where she's like I don't have anywhere to go I don't have I'm all alone in the world Joe and he's and that and then all of a sudden he's like, okay, that one works for me. Okay. <laughs> oh, icky. Oh. I know. Like it literally she just does like, change. It, it felt like uh, she was just like this one. Does this work? No. <laughs> this one. She's just like trying different personalities, and finally one of them like gets its hooks in him, and like immediately. And then she's like, okay, I'm just gonna do that now. All right, that's the one. And like if that was intentional by the filmmakers or the actress great i don't know that it was i kind of think it's probably just bad writing but like i just wanted to point that out anyway no i I, yeah i kind of got those vibes as well where it's just like she just keeps laying it on like and each time it's just in a different mood and you know once it's cool and seductive and then the other one's just like all i've ever needed was you and i don't need anybody else and then it's like, oh, that doesn't work. And it's like, well, uh, Eddie, Eddie doesn't know me, and uh, I have nobody looking out for me. And then it's like, all right, that's what he wanted. That and the coffee lady. Exactly. Because he he was staring. That, at, yeah. He was staring at the he coffee was, lady, but he was into the coffee. He was lady. into the coffee lady. He's kind of into it. But uh, don't 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 hit on the coffee lady. I'm into the coffee lady. Don't don't hit. On the <laughs> yeah. Pizza I, Joe's into the coffee lady. <laughs> I, I did I felt really bad for Sarah at the end in the final scene when she's like has basically no lines and they're you know I Chris Coppola is just telling her like okay now you have to like show him with just your face that you do kind of love him but you wanted the money but now you don't want the money and you're guilty about it but you do love him and go and she's like I don't know. This role has been like fucking nothing, and there's no dialogue for me this, in this scene. And he's just like, "Do it. You're a great actress. Come on, you can do it. Go. You got this. Like, you got it. Come on." So you just want me to like wear this hat and a black dress and, and then lay some flowers on this grave, <laughs> and then hide behind a tree? Okay. Great. All right. And like, you know what? She did fine. Like, she did like. I think that of all the she actors in him. this movie, I actually think that she was probably the best of all the main characters. Yeah, especially oh. the. I don't know. That bartender was pretty dope. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
You're talking about, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, Talia Shire, uh, who is a Academy Award nominee. <laughs> yeah, she fucking sold it. And uh, Nick Cage and Chris Coppola's aunt. All right. right. Well, it what? runs as a family. Yeah. This is such a, a family production because it is. By the way, let's go behind the scenes. Yeah, let's go. All right. Back we're, there. we're now we're now in that segment. Sorry. Right. Let's uh, wow. was, let's flip this switch. Let's, let's uh, turn that carousel on and let's see what turn goes this carousel around. on and let's see where it takes us to behind the scenes. Top of the order. <laughs> this movie was written and directed by Christopher Coppola, Nick Cage's brother. Yeah, we. I didn't want to bear. Uh, I didn't want to blurt that out early, just because I was like, save it, save it for the, save it for the segment, Sean. Well, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's good too, especially because you know I try to go into these movies like lacking as much context as possible and just you know try to enjoy the movie on its own merit. So it's it kind of works when we like withhold this these little you know kernels of information back until the later segment until the end yeah. we like it we like a good reveal mm-hmm. so this was absolutely a family production which i kind of get the feeling is like how they got so many big names in it because like oh, yeah. i mean i Coppola's? guess it's like charlie sheen and nick cage but like there just are there's just a lot of random people in this movie yeah the, ba- the baby's uh, the baby's lollipop girl is charlie sheen's sister what what yeah what the fuck so this was literally i imagine this was probably nick cage being like so hey guys uh my brother wrote a movie (laughs) my brother wrote a movie so like anybody they've got 10 million dollars for the budget and they are not gonna spend it on sound design so (laughs) it's a hard it's a hard uh 10 million it's a cut off yeah it was a birthday are you, guys, are you doing anything in like September? Yeah. Oh, you have one day free, Charlie? Perfect. Yeah, we'll that's, take it. That's the real con. One million for Charlie Sheen, one million for James oh, Coburn, yeah. one million oh, for yeah. Peter Fonda, who's in the movie for like five minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Peter Fonda's in this fucking movie. Again, also, yeah, he was yeah. on set for about a day and a half. Really mm-hmm. bookends this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just so fucking. God, that's so so fucking terrible like why would they do why would they introduce all of these characters that are important like his dad peter fonda all those of all the all those people and then drop them yeah for the entire movie and then bring them back in the last five minutes it's it's so weird i'm just thinking about that now it's such an insane choice yeah because it's like what was peter fonda doing out of this whole well, I actually have a theory about that. Given his hairstyle in this movie, I think that in his off time, he is a middle school science teacher. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was one of the strippers. <laughs> like, that's, a pretty good, that's a pretty good burn on Peter <laughs> He was in the background. You just didn't notice. Uh, yeah, so this movie only made, what was it? Uh, n- $11,000? Uh, no, I think it was fifteen. I, I, I I've got 15. eighteen here, but boy, we're 18? split. We're splitting oh, wow. hairs on this one, aren't we? Wow! So oh, ten million less. dollar budget, and oh, did not do so hot. Did not do super hot. It says here on IMDb that it was called, it was referred to by critics as Dreadfall, which is very nineteen ninety three. Yeah, I love that. That oh, I have another thing. Um, the guy who played Patsy. 
Big Fat Greek Wedding. One second. What? He's he's the dad from Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that I was gonna say. I was gonna say that. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, he was actually he was one of the two writers of this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nick Vallelonga, who uh, wrote the Green Book, Academy Award-winning screenwriter. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he had a lot of time to practice. That's true. That like, is true. Not always. We're like twenty-five you know, years removed from this movie. He did a much better job. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but it won Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, won best, best original yeah. screenplay. It was good. Yeah. Definitely. Far definitely better than this one. Far from Patsy, I tell you. <laughs> uh, I, I've got I've got something else for behind the scenes here that Shoot. um kind of circles back to something I said earlier where I said uh you know normally e ever since we started the podcast I've tried to avoid Nick Cage movies avoid learning anything about them I want to discover yeah. it as we go Same. um so I I kind of fucked up here because I thought I was safe to go on the Wikipedia. And I didn't realize that I was going to stumble across this sentence. A prequel slash sequel, Arsenal, I was starring just Nicolas I was Cage <laughs> as his character, Eddie King, was released in 2017. It. And I'm sorry, you guys. How does that work as a prequel or a I, sequel? Uh, He's dead, was... and Nick Cage is 25 years older. Like... <laughs> I'm so I'm so angry. Uh, my whole I had this whole plan in my head where I was gonna tell you guys that we should watch this movie called Arsenal, but don't look up anything about it. Oh, I'm so sorry, that buddy. I know no, it's fine. We You're all knew fine. it. Don't it's okay. It. Well, the good news is okay. now now we know we have at least one more fucking. But we fucked up. Sick fucking barn burner coming. Like oh, we fucked yeah, up. Yeah, we should just do that next. We, well, we, sh uh, we should, but I'm just saying we we fucked up because. Normally we do sequels first. Wow, that's true. I know. We fucked know. up, guys. Well, Ugh. yeah, I mean, that's true. It's a prequel slash sequel, apparently. <laughs> I think this, I don't know how the veracity of this, but uh, Tom Waits was also considered for the role of Morgan Fats Grip before Charlie Sheen. And I actually kind of get that. Yeah, a thousand percent. Like, I would, Tom Waits is a I would, cool shark. Come on, yeah, that'd be great. Ten, ten minutes of him just chewing the fucking scenery. I would, I would not have complained about that at all. Yeah, I, I've got a coffee and cigarettes on DVD. If you want me to listen to Tom Waits <laughs> talk, I'll, I'll fucking do it. Uh, if you want to, if you want me to listen to Tom Waits talking, I'll just listen to his music. Ayo, <laughs> I'm kidding. He's very talented. Um, so I don't really have anything else for behind the scenes. Do you guys have anything else you want to throw in? Mm, no, I think so. Uh, nepotism, the movie, we got that. Uh, yeah, Arsenal, absolutely. prequel, sequel, Eddie King, we've got that. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm good. Damn. I, uh, I would love to find out more. So if you guys have any tidbits or shit you find on the internet, send it our way. Because... Yeah, and just like, this, you know... This is why... This is what... Like made me realize why we are doing this project. I absolutely loved this movie. It got a zero critically acclaimed uh, or a critics critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, a only, zero percent. That's our first. I only think. only five reviews. Uh, you know, from I guess real critics, and that is quotation marks, buddy. 
Like, cause are you shitting me? Did you watch that movie? That is not. This is not. That you did not see the same thing I did. Yeah, this was amazing. No. Critics are one thing, but we are scholars of Whoa. Nicolas Cage. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't just dip your toe in the water and be like, oh well. Yeah. Uh, I get it. He's crazy. He's not crazy. He's good. He's bad. No. No, this is it. This is peeling back the onion that is Nick Cage. And it is just it is just a delight to just be on this journey with you boys. Yeah, th- this movie oh, absolutely yeah. blindsided me. I, I I didn't know that this is one of his crazier ones. <laughs> I, you know, we this was very much a just like picked a few yeah. names out of the hat basically. And Josh was like, we'll do Deadfall. Let's do Deadfall. No, I said Deadfall in all caps. That was it. Okay, you did say Deadfall in all caps. That's true. So did you know? You son of a bitch. Yeah. You knew? I did. I knew it was crazy. Well, I, I knew this was a crazy I'd one. Seen the, the freakouts that, you know, Same. there's like compilations. I knew about that. So I was like, okay. oh, this is going to be fucking Ugh. good. I see. It just, it, I, I, yeah. As soon as you guys posted that, or whoever said, sent that in the group chat said, Deadfall, I was just like, yeah, cool, because I know he's going to have a mustache. I didn't know it was a wig, too. <laughs> but, oh boy. Oh, man. Oh, boy, was I surprised. Oh, boy. I, I mean, I guess this is a pretty natural segue to our uh, another segment here. Would you recommend this movie? Like, yeah. In the same sense that. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. In the same sense that, you know, the ending of this podcast tells you, like, well, maybe ask if they like Nick Cage first. Uh, yes, absolutely. It, and yes. then be like, well, boy, do I have if, a movie if, idea for you? If, if you yeah. are a Nick Cage fan, this is essential viewing. Like, sometimes, absolutely. you know, we get a little bogged down in the slog of, like, watching movies like The Runner, where, you know, it's like, yeah, we boy, we did say we're going to watch all of them, aren't we? Yeah, and, and like, the, the point of yeah. that one was being, like, a politician. Going to politician. Like, you know, that was, it goes yeah, yeah. nowhere, and at the end you're just like, well, he's a sadder, older character. Right. Such a waste yeah. of opportunity. But, but like, with this... Politician. I want, I want. This is, this is full of life. Hey. This is unbelievable. I am a... You got I'm done, a firm yes. Watch this movie. Yes, and, like... Christopher Coppola, like, come on, you, you got done dirty. This movie does not deserve the flack it gets, because, I mean, you well, were trying so many things, and I get it that you didn't nail them all, but like you, fucking, you fucking made something that, holy shit, I enjoyed it, immensely. Yeah, I think it's got like from the heart. Yeah, oh. I think that in a lot of ways the direction is fine. Like, I really just think it's the writing that's completely insane. And it's so weird. I mean, it is some of it. So I, a weird. lot of the movie feels like it's improv on it almost. And so, like, you're yeah, it just doesn't you know add up to be like yeah that you have this heavily written narration that may or may not have come as a second thought. But you have this just energy of, like, sometimes you're in a comedy, sometimes you're in a thriller, sometimes you're in a horror movie, and then sometimes you're in some sort of really long love scene. And, I mean, she grabs those buns, 
and <laughs> I loved it. I loved it all. And that's really the I think the big takeaway from this movie is like just Christopher, grab, grab those buns. Grab like, those buns. I, you did it. I, I mean, I, don't have to be don't have to be a person's. It can be metaphorical buns. I, metaphorical movie buns. I really do. Don't th- let those buns slip through your fingers. Well, I think that's about going to do it for us. <laughs> just, you had something. Uh, I, I, I was just going to say, I really do think that this mo- movie came closer to hitting the mark than a lot of people would give it credit for. Like, there were some problems yes. with it, yes. definitely. Logistics with the con and everything. But, like, god damn it, Chris, you swung for the fucking fences. And, like, maybe you didn't get a fucking home run on this one. But, I mean, the... It's just it's just so close to being this beautiful, absurd like we keep comparing this to David Lynch's work. That's a fucking yeah. huge compliment. Like the fact that it, it really even reminds us of that a visionary director's work is very telling, I think. Like it's yeah. so close to just being like a fucking psychedelic Dick Tracy nightmare. Like Yes. Uh, like it just, I, it just I feel doesn't like quite work, but it's so close though. If Dick Tracy was a dick bag, I feel like with a slightly a slightly better script, if they had just had like a slightly better script, and then if you just had like a really really good, just like any two random people, like a really really good cinematographer and a really really good like editor, like mm-hmm. just a, a couple people who were like super talented who could like elevate this a little bit to make it a little bit more like artsy or whatever. Like, I think it would have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Would have been like a good movie if they just fixed a bunch of parts. Uh, <laughs> wow. Which I guess wow. is yeah, true for yeah. most movies. But that skeleton, that really takes the away the skeleton that's underneath it is fucking beautiful and gilded. It's not the, the skeleton's fault that its flesh is all saggy and weird. <laughs> 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 That, and thus is well, such a metaphor for it. life. <laughs> I think that's about going to do it for us, folks. Uh, tune in next week when we are, I am deciding this now, going to be discussing the 2017 prequel to this, Arsenal. All right, starring let's Nick fucking Cage do it. Again, and also the guy from Entourage. So that's going to be fun. Oh, uh, yes. I once bumped into him uh, at South by Southwest. It was pretty weird was he a dick no uh kate snow thought i uh had, like fucking stole her uh, purse or something it was weird uh, anyways <laughs> well, well bye everybody bye bye, bye guys for listening see ya <laughs> was it kate snow who's the um lady that does the news thanks for listening don't worry this will be short if you enjoy the podcast and want updates check us out on twitter we're at Atwack Podcast. That's A T W A C Podcast for All the Worlds a Cage. Also, review us on iTunes if you use that. Or recommend us to a friend. Well, ask if they like Nick Cage first, and then ask if they like podcasts, and then recommend us. Thanks again.